0: Two weeks ago, Connor and I sat in the Senate chamber, anxiously awaiting their vote. One senator who rose in opposition reminded his peers that this is why we have meds and doctors, as if that current uh, option is sufficient. As he spoke, Connor began seizing. His whole body convulsed from a two-minute seizure, his wheelchair rattling, sending an echo through the room. I sat there consoling him with tears streaming down my face. Connor was seizing uncontrollably as legislators spoke against this bill. Simply because it's about marijuana, and that is all they needed to know. They didn't care that my child feet away from them was seizing. You will hear opponents to this bill speak of patients needing real, scientifically based meds. Well, there you go. They're killing him. You will hear them speak of needing research and science. It's there, and it's being done, but they won't tell you about it. You will hear them speak of this opening the door to recreational use. This bill is so tightly written that it's not possible, but they're gonna use it because that's their biggest scare tactic because of parents like me. I make this real. I'm a mother, and my sole purpose on this earth is to fight for my son, ensuring that he lives a healthy and safe life. They may not be fighting for their child's life, but I am. So please forgive my emotions. He is the reason that I live and breathe. I can't say for certain that medical cannabis oil will free Connor from his seizures, but I can say that I will never stop fighting for him. And I will never stop fighting for the right to give him this oil, to give him the chance to a better life. If Connor were your child, what would
1: you do? Having an unregulated system does nothing to keep marijuana away from kids. It does nothing to educate consumers. It does nothing to protect the health of consumers. They don't know the, the content of what they're consuming. They don't know whether it's 5% or 25% THC. They don't know whether it's covered with molds or pesticides or heavy metals or who knows what. And now we have the vape cartridges that are making people truly sick, these uh, you know, people in their basement are making concentrates and, and loading them up with thinner, uh, thickeners like vitamin E acetate, and those are causing serious health problems. We're not going to be able to solve this problem until we regulate the supply chain. That Matt, let, supply me st- st- let me stop you there hurting. for a sec, because I want to get a couple of these. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at imcanvasativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCanvasativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativa Pod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bum up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing and you find yourself coming around often, please become a Patreon supporter of this podcast and support us. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to HTTPS anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcasts you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar tier if you're feeling extra generous howdy y'all hope you guys are having a good one mrs sativa here joining you from legal Massachusetts, the heartland of america today's episode we are going to be talking about vermont and adult use legalization as well as the failure of their current medical marijuana program and how it isn't serving the needs of the people of the Green Mountain State. I just got a, I just got an article from VT Digger about how the House Speaker, the Speaker of the House in Vermont, uh, House Speaker Mitzi Mitzi Johnson, does not want to make legalizing adult use sales in the Green Mountain State a priority. She is sorely mistaken in not wanting to spend c- political capital on this. So many people in the Green Mountain State are using marijuana responsibly, whether it's for recreational use or whether it's to treat an illness. When you make cannabis legal for adult use, you're not suddenly adding a bunch more cannabis smokers. That's not what goes on when you... When you make it legal, what ends up happening is that they stop buying from their street dealer or they stop illegally growing or they they stop buying from Massachusetts and they take that money and they spend it in Vermont dispensaries. And then that makes Vermont lots of money and, and, and revenue that can be used towards education, infrastructure, um, feeding the homeless. Any number of constructive and positive things that it can be used for. The House Speaker, in this sort of OK Boomer mentality of not wanting to to tick off the, the mythical craft wine or, or craft beer dad or the mythical craft beer and craft wine mom th- that's in the burbs and that that kind of still thinks would read for madness and doesn't want it in their neighborhood or whatever. They're too, she's too concerned about that than actually, actually overseeing the will of the people, the majority of the people that want it legal and, and, and seeing legalization into fruition. It just seems that we're running into the same sort of issue in a lot of these Northeast states where, you have politicians that are savvy and, and want cannabis to be legal, yet they don't want to do a dime in, in spending any political capital on it. You know, they just want to use this to sort of lure voters and still think of this as a low-priority deadhead issue. Governor Ned Lamont of of Connecticut is the same way, too. He he He, he got elected partially because he wanted to legalize cannabis in Vermont you want a very close nail biter election and then as soon as he got elected he 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 said yeah um legislator come up with a bill for me but please do, but he didn't want to spend any capital on it and he kept saying over and over in articles i've read from from connecticut newspapers that this isn't a priority he keeps emphasizing it's not a priority this should be legal but it ain't a priority no then you're you're sending mixed signals when you're doing that you still think of it as a deadhead issue when it really isn't. So this brings me to why the cold opens were why or why I, I made them the way that they I made them. So the first one was a was a, a testimony from from Katie Corkern to the Louisiana Legislature about her own son and her son's epilepsy and how medical marijuana can help it and how these lawmakers. Much like much like the veiled contempt that that Speaker Johnson is showing, don't want to don't want to make it legal. And but but you're hearing this concerned mother, Katie, crying and and being very, very sad about her kid not having access to the epilepsy, CBD or, or medical cannabis that 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 her child needs. Everybody is going to get sick at some point. Everyone is going to die you know and people want to take whatever medicine or whatever treatment will help alleviate their suffering for some people that's cannabis and it's just it's just a smack in the face when you have all these lawmakers who are like oh this is this is just a deadhead issue i'm not going to spend political capital on this no there are more important things like roads and 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 collecting property taxes or whatever there are more important adult things. This this cannabis stuff is for deadhead college students that want to, that want to wear tie dye and wrestle around the mud. You know, us real adults have other issues to to worry about. Well, cannabis is a real issue, it is a priority issue to someone who has a chronic health problem. It is a chronic sickness and a chronic problem that many people throughout the world, the, the country are suffering and. In a lot of states you don't have it legal, you know, but in Vermont you do have legal adult use growing, possessing and and use, but there are no stores. So let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about some numbers here. Let's talk a little bit about some numbers. The Green Mountain State has roughly 627,000 people. Many states with advanced and functioning medical marijuana programs have over three percent of its population as medical marijuana patients. We've talked about the restrictiveness of Vermont's medical marijuana program in past episodes. When I did the how to get a card in your particular state series and when we did the Vermont episode, we talked about how Vermont's program is very sort of restrictive you there are there are only a limited amount of conditions that are approved for medical marijuana that's one two um unlike other prescriptions where you can go to most pharmacies whether it's walmart that's your pharmacy of choice or cbs or you are Publix or whatever or wherever you live in this in, in this country or Rite Aid or Jewel, Osco drug or whatever whatever pharmacy that's your choice you you have a bunch of of options spread throughout the country and throughout your state or your city or your town and you're not you're not just tethered to one pharmacy most of the time you can get your you can change your prescription from one pharmacy to the other they just Walmart or CVS just has to call the pharmacy and and transfer over the paperwork and it's done it's done within maybe a few minutes or so but in vermont if you if you register with their medical marijuana program you can only designate one dispensary and and let's say there's a screen in in a dispensary that's 60 miles away well tough cookies tough cookies you can't get it because you can only designate one dispensary so that leaves people having to get on the black market. That leaves lots of people who don't even consider the program because of the restrictedness of the program. Or this leaves people driving over to Max- Massachusetts, to legal Massachusetts, to get cannabis, to get medical cannabis because they're tethered and, and tied to just one dispensary and they're in this unworkable medical marijuana program that's that's what ends up happening people are going to the black market people are doing without and are continuing to take pharmaceuticals even though they 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 could in theory access a, a a medicine that can help their illness and and vastly improve their quality of life but you have so many people that do without in in, in the state because medical marijuana is so poorly regulated and like I've said in previous articles, and I'll put, I'll put it in the description, most people in adult use states that, that buy cannabis for adult use purposes are actually using it, are actually just going to the store and buying it to treat their pain, their insomnia, their anxiety, their uh, neuropathy, their arthritis, their fibromyalgia, their um, depression, their uh, um, cramps or migraines, or any number of of different illnesses. Many people over the the age of 21 are not using it to go to a deadhead concert, or not using it to go to a fish concert and wrestle around in mud. This is medicine for a good amount of adults in this country, and it's such a slap in the face when we have house speakers and representatives and states that overwhelmingly want this to be legal, dragging their feet, not spending political capital, saying this isn't a priority, saying this is just a saying or implying. That this is just a deadhead issue that 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 needs to be tossed aside because there are more pressing adult matters. This is an adult matter. When you have cancer and you can't hold down food and you and you can't even live your life with your family, that is an infringement on your rights. That isn't your infringement on your on your pursuit of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That is a that is, that is a lawmaker being derelict in their duty by using their own prejudice to to hold back legalization or just slow roll it. So I'm going to crunch some more numbers. There are only 5 de- dispensaries, medical marijuana dispensaries in Vermont. Vermont has about 627,000 people. And in advanced states, you have over 3% of the population as medical marijuana patients. For example, Oklahoma has 3.71% of its, it's a wildly successful program in just one year. And it's, it's, the, the, roles and the, the amount of people and the amount of dispensaries and the amount of commerce for medical marijuana have gone through the roof in, in, in Oklahoma. It's, it's like the medical marijuana capital of the United States at this point. And 3.71% of their population are patients. So let's say that, that Vermont didn't tether their medical marijuana patients. Let's say that that there were more dispensaries open, that there were ca- a vast amount of caregiver networks and co-ops and, and farmers markets for cannabis. Under ideal conditions with 371 of Vermont's population as patients, you would have 23,000 people benefiting from medical cannabis. But right now, as it stands, according to marijuana policy project, you only have about five thousand two hundred and nine patients. So this the, the program the program is not is, is failing the adult citizens of Vermont. And when you're just saying this is a deadhead issue, you're you're saying that their pain and their suffering doesn't matter. So I'm gonna talk about my story a little bit. If you've listened to the first episode, you, you know what that is, but I'm going to recap it really, really quick. And after I do that, we're going to read an article from VT Digger about about the speaker's comments in depth, and then we'll close out the episode. So, I'm Dan Scott. I'm 30 years old. I've been using Canvas on and off since I've been 19 since I turned 19. My journey into cannabis initially began in college when I consumed cannabis for recreational purposes within my social circles. When I graduated college, for professional and reputation reasons due to cannabis's lingering stigma, I decided to cease usage to make a living for myself and find gainful employment. In the years since finishing my undergraduate studies, I contracted debilitating insomnia, which I worked with my doctors for several years To treat and was placed on numerous different sleep aids, such as Seroquel. Ambient, Linesta. I even tried in, in self-medicate with Benadryl. Um, I was prescribed for, for powerful prescriptions like tr- Trazodone, clodopin, And I even played roulette with over-the-counter sleep aids. So when one wouldn't work, I would go to Target and I would try a different one. And when I tried all the major ones at Target, I would go to Walmart and, 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 and try to see if those ones worked. Then I would go to CVS then I would go to Walgreens this was getting in the way of me fully living my life you know I was I, I was sleeping maybe once or twice a week at best and I wasn't fully there for the people I love and care for in my life in 2016 after having gone through this illness for about 4 years or 5 years of my life and exhausting all the socially acceptable options I decided to give cannabis a try again to alleviate my suffering. And since then, I was finally able to get a decent night's sleep again and have been a medical marijuana advocate ever since. So when you're saying that our issue is that commercial pot doesn't matter or that, that reforming marijuana laws, whether medical or adult use, doesn't matter or it's a low priority or i'm not going to spend political capital on this you're you're saying to sick and suffering people that their pain and their suffering doesn't matter because you don't really like cannabis and you don't you think it's just a deadhead and and fish and swimming in the mud issue that's what you're saying that's what you're saying to to grown working tax-paying adults that that elect you and pay your salary So to wrap this episode up, like I said, we're going to read a article from vermontdigger.org. And this article is written by Xander Landon. House Speaker says commercial pot market is not on her 2020 priority list. House Speaker Mitzi Johnson says passing legislation to legalize a market for marijuana in Vermont is not among her priorities in 2020. That stance distances her from a commitment made by fellow Democratic leaders to bring a bill to the floor vote this coming session. Johnson, Democrat a South hero, has been resistant to supporting a legal marketplace for the drug, even as policy has been adopted into the Vermont Democratic Party platform. She said in an interview Saturday that there is no guarantee that the latest bill, which stalled in the House last year, will even reach the floor in 2020. I have long said that a bill has to earn its way, Johnson said. This is a huge step and we need to make sure that we do it right. That sounds familiar. It sounds a lot like the Massachusetts regulators in 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 neighboring Massachusetts. That's what the cannabis control board said and they dragged they dragged their their feet on 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 opening the adult use stores. It took over two years, or close to two years, after the vote was made to make it legal. That's what their idea of getting it right was. And to to date, we only have 30 stores, and we don't even have we don't have a single store in 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 Boston proper. You know, we have we have two store stores in the outskirts of Boston. We don't even have one in the biggest city of the, of the state. And I'm not making that up. You don't have a proper dispensary in the in the in the biggest city of the state right now. That's what the idea of getting it right is. And when they slow rolled it, they they made it so congestion happened in the few dispensaries that were open and then it, it caused issues because it was overcrowding certain areas. But if you spread out a rollout and you open many dispensaries, the the amount of crowds are spread throughout the state. One area isn't getting all the pressure, and citizens of that area are not complaining because they're getting flooded because it's only in a few areas and because the rollout is so slow. This is what, getting it right actually hurts the people you're trying to protect. Speaker Johnson, ask Massachusetts about it. Read up on Massachusetts and our slow roll, slow rolling it harms the people, the, the craft wine moms and the craft beer dads that you're so desperately trying to protect. The Speaker said that if the bill earns the 76 votes it needs to pass and addresses concerns about roadside safety, youth usage, and the impacts a marijuana industry could have in the environment, it will see a vote next year. Reefer Madness is a bipartisan issue. The, the the Republican governor said the exact same things earlier this year. The The Democrat Speaker of the House right now is saying the exact same things that he said. And again, Raver Madness is a bipartisan thing. It doesn't really discriminate. And Boomer, OK Boomer, is a state of mind and not necessarily a set amount, set period of years or a specific set of years, it's a mindset. You can be a Gen Xer and have boomer energy. You can be a millennial and have boomer energy. You can be a silent generation person and and, ha- and be okay boomered. You can be a millennial, be okay boomered. You can be a, a Zoomer and, and have a boomer mindset. The speaker of the house has a boomer mindset. She deserves to be okay boomered. Quote, for me, To step forward and say we will have a bill to to the floor implies that I will do everything in my power to get it there, Johnson said. And in this case, I'm handing the power back to the representatives where it belongs to say, work it out, do it well, listen to your colleagues that have concerns, and be open-minded enough to address the issues that they are raising. For many Democrats in the House and the Senate, Legalizing a market for cannabis is a top priority, as it should be. Again, like I said earlier, and I'm going to put the the article in the the description. Most people in adult use states use recreational, in air quotes, cannabis to treat pain. They're not using it to go to a concert or to goof off. They're using it to treat illnesses and to more constructively lead their lives. So yes, it should be a priority like the rest of her caucus is trying to push. And her continuing to to say that sick people's problems don't matter to her because she doesn't personally like cannabis and she sees this as a low-priority issue that is going to get access to a drug that people are just going to go to concerts and wrestle in mud with, that's, that's not true. That's complete fiction. So let's continue. Even some Republicans have said now, that the drug is legal, they also support a system to tax and regulate it. Last May, when it was clear the bill wouldn't make it to the floor, House Majority Leader Jill Krowinski, Democrat of Burlington, said Democrats are totally committed to creating a legal marijuana market and they should finish it early in 2020. On Saturday, Krowinski said that this was still the plan that the House would definitely vote on the legislation in the upcoming session. Quote, A version of that will get to the floor, Kraweski said of the bill. Johnson would not promise a House floor vote, and noted that the majority leader has been a stronger supporter of the bill than she is. Quote, I believe we're both correct. Because I'm saying if it is done and done right and earns the votes, it will go to the floor, she said. I'm not going to be the kind of speaker that uses my one vote to kill a bill that a tripartisan majority of the chamber wants to vote on. Bullshit. That's what you're doing right now by saying it's not a priority. And earlier in this article, like we just just talked about, the rest of the caucus wants to get this done when you're saying that it's not a priority and i i the leader of the, of the house are not going to spend political capital on it you're signaling to you're signaling as a leader that this that that people shouldn't focus on this and that 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 it's not an effort that you're going to really see to f- fruition and you're really going to encourage what are we paying you to do what are we paying you to do speaker johnson the majority of your citizens want this legal the majority of your caucus wants to get this done What is the holdup? Are you getting paid by the pharma industry? Are you getting paid by Big Alcohol? Are you getting paid by Project Samuel to be against this? Because the majority of the people in Vermont want this legal. Many people in Vermont I'm going I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind speaker are going to Massachusetts and getting adult use cannabis. And that's money that your state isn't getting. On a personal level, Johnson said she has reservations about expanding marijuana legalization in Vermont to include a tax and regulated market for the substance. Quote, I've never been terribly comfortable with the idea. Who cares how comfortable you are with the idea? It's about what the people of Vermont want. It's about what the people of Vermont want from their representatives. It's not about what you want. That's not why you get elected to public office. You get elected to public office to fulfill the will of the people and to represent the best interests of your people and to represent the the best interests of what your your constituents call you or write about. If they're calling you and writing about wanting this legal, you should not be holding it up. You should not be being derelict in your duty to do your job. And if you're going to continue to to not want to fulfill the will of the people, then le- then continue to let us know so we can elect someone else that will. I'm not sure this is the right thing for Vermont, Johnson said. I don't know that legalizing it and creating a market are as good and fixes as many things as Advocate says it does. Who cares what your perception is? You're not a queen or a dictator. You are a congressperson that's supposed to do what the people elected you to do you have to put aside your personal feelings and 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 fulfill the will of the people this isn't a dictatorship this is not the this is not a dictatorship you have to do what the people elect you to do And if you're not gonna do that, you'll get tossed out. Let us know so we can toss you out. In 2018, Vermont legalized marijuana possession and the personal cultivation of small amounts of the drug, but it did not legalize marijuana dispensaries or establish any way for people to purchase the substance legally. Many proponents of legalization say there's an urgency to create a legal market for the drug as consumer protection given that many users are now buying marijuana on the black market. I think Vermont is in a really weird position when it comes to cannabis. Attorney General T.J. Donovan, a Democrat and legalization advocate, said at an event last week, In fact, I think we're probably in the worst position we can possibly be in, where we legalize possession of cannabis, but we remain absolutely silent on how Vermonters obtain it. For the first time Monday, the Department voiced support for regulating marijuana now that it's legal in the state, but it's not taking a position on whether it should be taxed. Cynthia C Wright, the director of the department's Division of Alcohol and Drug Abuse programs, told the Dave Graham show and we included that we included that clip at the beginning so but um but i'll I'll reread what 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 was said on w DEV, that if lawmakers are going to move forward with a legal market for the drug, regulation is important to control its potency and to make sure minors can have access to it. Quote, so we at the health department support the regulated system, she said. If we're going to have a legal system in Vermont, it needs to be regulated. Senator Dick Sears, a Democrat of Bennington, The chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee said he was surprised that more officials, including Johnson, don't share the sense of urgency to swiftly establish a way for Vermonters to safely obtain the medicine and capture revenue from its sales. I'm just baffled by some of the responses I've seen, and not just the Speaker, but others, he said, also referring to Governor Phil Scott and his administration. Like Johnson, the governor said he can only support legalization if it includes additional investments to COPs, i.e. roadside safety and public health education initiatives. So like drug courts in a sense, maybe. Sears said that most senators who support the 2018 legalization bill did so assuming that the legislature would quickly follow up with the measure to create a legal marketplace for the drug. I think most of us who voted for that and supported that were expecting a tax and regulate in this biennium. Sears said referring to the legislature's two-year cycle there was never a promise made but I thought there was an expectation last year it appeared that momentum to pass a tax and regulate legislation in the house was growing rep Sam Young democrat of Glover who proposed a separate bill to legalize a cannabis market said that after polling the house he felt it was he felt it certainly had the votes to pass the measure, Johnson said. As lawmakers taking up legislation again this winter, she is concerned in particular that the marijuana industry could damage Vermont's environment. All right, that's that's some nonsense right there. A, a article from Marijuana Moment, that, and I'm going to put it in the description, said that states that legalize marijuana see less see less illegal and illicit grows on public state park. So it's actually saves the environment when people are legally doing it and people are, are, are doing it in a legal commerce fashion. But when, When you have black market and when you don't have illegal, when you have this sort of half legal measure, people are going to continue to feed the black market and people are not going to to farm it and create it in sustainable ways. But when you have a legal regulated market and you have a process in which people have to obtain a license to cultivate, sell or produce it, then that, that tends to go away and and. The environment tends to get better. I'm gonna put that again. I'm gonna put that uh, article in the description and wants to ensure there are adequate regulations and protections in place. Again, she's not serious about this. She she sees this as a low priority, dead end issue. She doesn't want it legal and thinks it's gonna harm Vermont. So she's going to paternalistically say that she knows better than the citizens of the of, of of the state and she knows better than all the other congress people in 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 congress in vermont and she's gonna hold it up because she doesn't personally like it that's what i call being a dictator that's what i call being authoritarian imposing your will on on people regardless of whether they want it or not and the people don't want continued prohibition in vermont they don't She said that large-scale marijuana grow operations have very significant energy and water impacts in other states like Colorado. In 2018, Colorado Public Radio found that marijuana cultivators use 4% of the city's total electricity. Again, who cares? Who cares? As long as people are, are following the state legal regulations pertaining to that state, this can be a constructive use of energy. Like I said, cannabis is a medicine. If we are if we are cultivate if we are using energy to cultivate a medicine that will help people, that's a constructive use of resources. You know, that's a that's a use of resources that helps helps the people and that helps heal others. But again, she just sees this as a deadhead issue like every other boomer politician and every other politician with that boomer mindset again i mean we we've, we've done a name and shame on on this house speaker when she killed she and the governor killed efforts earlier in the year and like 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 i said in that she's i mean she's she's not a boomer she's an xer but again boomer is not an age it's a mindset last year the House made several key changes to the bill after they received it from the Senate, including investments in roadside safety initiatives, or just ways for cops to capriciously stop people or profile people that they quote-unquote think are impaired. This isn't this isn't going to have unintended consequences, not at all, not in the least bit. House legislatures added a provision that would legalize roadside saliva testing for law enforcement officers to screen drivers for drug impairment, which the governor has said is the requirement if the bill is to ever earn his support. The Senate has opposed saliva testing, good, and raised civil liberty concerns about the practice because while the test can detect the presence of drugs in someone's system, they can't determine whether someone is under the influence at the time they're administered. Again, that'll get struck down in court. But, but in the time that it, that, that gets implemented, if, if legalization were to happen under the stringent requirements, a lot of lives would be collateral damage. However, the House bill requires law enforcement officers to obtain a warrant before they can administer the tests. Sears has said they could administer the saliva testing as long as a warrant requirement remained in place. Lieutenant Governor David Zuckerman, a progressive slash Democrat and a longtime advocate of legalizing a tax and regulated market, said he was glad to hear Johnson was willing to let the bill move forward in 2020. But he added that he hopes she'll give the bill more guidance and leadership, emphasis mine, through the committee process so that it can pass this year. We currently continue to leave youth access and quality of product at the whims of the unregulated and underground market, Zuckerman says. Exactly. In states where you have legal retail sales and where you have adult use dispensaries for people over 21, it gets treated like a bar or a liquor store. They have to check your ID before selling it to you. But in the black market, if you're 18 through 20 or you're younger than that, they don't check ID. They just want the money in the black and unregulated market. But in 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 legal retail adult use sales, it gets treated like alcohol, and you have to show your ID. In fact, I've been to an adult I've been to adult use dispensaries when I visited Washington State. I had my ID checked at least twice, and I'm way over the age of 21. So this whole this whole lead to re legalizing retail sales and stores is going to lead to more youth, that's that's the exact opposite. Because when you have retail stores, the black market tends to, tends to go away substantially. And kids actually have less access because they have to be 21 to legally go to the stores. Now that the black market has been significantly reduced. Quote, If we take this issue seriously and we care about youth access and risk of adulterated product, then each year of delay is an ev- evasion of our responsibilities end of article. And this article was written by Xander Landon. So I don't have too much more to add other than if you live in Vermont, I'm going to, I'm going to put her information in the show notes. Um, I might put the governor's information for good measure additionally. So again, if you're in Vermont, you gotta, you gotta let, you gotta let this Congresswoman know, know that if she's not, if she's going to be derelict in her duties of doing, the, the will of the Vermont voters and the Vermont taxpayers, taxpayers, she's going to be shown the door and of story. So again, I don't have too much more to add. Hope you guys got a lot out of this and stay Medicaid, my friends. Peace.
2: What election day is all about The biggest gun we've got Is called the ballad mugs So if you don't like who's in there Vote them out Vote them out Vote them out Vote them out Vote, them out. vote them out And when they're gone we'll sing and dance and shout And bring some new ones in And we'll start that show again. If you don't like who's in there, vote them out If it's a bunch of clowns, vote it in Election Day is coming round again If you don't like it now If it's more than you'll allow If you don't like who's in there Vote them out Vote them out Vote them out Vote them out Vote, them out. vote them out And when they're gone we'll sing and dance and shout Bring some new ones in And we'll start to Vote them, out. Vote, them out. Vote, them out. vote them out. Vote them out. Vote them out. Vote them out. That's what election day is all about. The biggest gun we've got is called the ballot box. But if you don't like who's in there, vote them out. If you don't like who's in there, vote them out.
1: If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are a few ways that you can do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for housing and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I See Sativa Podcast. You can also support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. If you are feeling extra generous, we have $5 and above tiers. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave me a voice message on Anchor. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I Am Sativa Podcast and click The send voice message button and I may just play it on a future episode. You can also call and leave a voice message at the phone number 617-466-9389. That is 617-466-9389 and I may just play it on a future episode. If you are in need of some good CBD products, you can also check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp products. You can check them out by checking out this link, um, www.bit.ly33fkrv9. And you can try the following coupon codes dog treat 20, tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, and 15% percent sign off CBD and you can use those codes to get a discount on various CBD products on their website and if you are looking to get inexpensive CBD flour delivered to your door quickly and cheaply in New England check out bostonhempire.com where you can get frequent sales on CBD flour and other products such as tinctures and and edibles as well too. Boston Hempire will get you cheap CBD flour delivered to your door in New England and the rest of the United States for a very very good price, and I highly recommend their products too. Feel free to enter the URL https colon slash slash shop dot dot com slash question mark REF equals D Scotland. Peace out and ciao.